At this time, we want Carice to come down. Are you here? Carice, yeah. Carissa is the granddaughter of Jane, David and Jane Pell. And she has shared uh, about her journey. And go ahead, Carice, go ahead and share us what. Oh, we need a microphone. Yeah. Sorry about that. Can you all hear me okay? Good morning, everyone. Yeah, my name is Karis Love, and I am so excited to be sharing with you all today. I just worked with an organization called Youth with a Mission for the last six months, and I just got here, and I went to South Africa, and I saw God move in that nation. There's currently revival happening in that part of the world, and I witnessed Thousands of people come to Jesus, and I witness people become miraculously healed after getting touched by the love of Jesus, and I witness people get set free from spirits that were oppressing them all over this country. And so I just want to take a moment to testify to one story that I have that I'll share. Um, there was a day that I was walking through a village, and I met this woman, and I found out that she was a witch doctor, and she was telling me about how she just didn't have any peace. And how she felt this heaviness that was upon her everywhere she went. And how she couldn't sleep at night. And how she didn't even have any eyesight. Like, she couldn't see anything beyond someone putting their hand right up to her face like that. So I just started sharing Jesus with her. And I shared the gospel with her. And in that moment, she made a decision that she wanted Jesus. That she didn't want to partner anymore with what she had been partnering with. And so she receives Jesus in that moment. And then I told her, I said, if you break partnership with uh, this witchcraft that you've been doing for so long, like, I believe that like Jesus wants to heal you. And so she had these beads that were all over her hands to represent that she was a witch doctor. And so she hands me a pair of scissors, and I was able to cut off the beads. And in that moment, her eyes were opened, and her sight returned to her after being oppressed for so long. And this was just one of many stories that I witnessed in my time in South Africa. And I just want to, pe want to get people excited that the God of the Bible that we see work miracles and the God that we see in that time, like he's still the same God today. And he's still moving in wild ways. And, and there is an invitation from heaven for people to, to lift their eyes from looking at the waves of chaos and the darkness that's surrounding us in these times that we're living in. It feels so dark with everything that we're reading on the news and everything that we're seeing. And it's easy to get so discouraged. But there's an invitation for people to lift their eyes from what they're seeing and to lock eyes with Jesus and to wake up and say, what do you want to do today, God? How can I partner with you and what you want to do in the world? And everywhere I go, ever since I've, I've been praying that prayer when I wake up, I see God moving all around me, even since getting back to the States. That despite the darkness in our world, his kingdom is still moving forward. So just be encouraged that he's still moving. And yeah, if any of you have any questions or want to hear more about what I'm doing or are interested in partnering with my team, please, by all means, I would love to talk with you more. And you can find me in the fellowship hall. But thank you so much for letting me share. That's awesome. I want to ask you the same question. Bobby asked uh, Karis earlier, why did you go to South Africa? Because God told me to. All right. So God called you to do it, huh? Yeah, he did. I think she's on to preach now, don't you? <laughs> Good job. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Dave and Jane, I know y'all are proud. Um... But that goes right along, too, with the message today. Uh, we're going to be looking at 
1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 21, and our series, uh, as we read through the Bible, uh, how many are doing that, by the way, you're reading through the Bible, uh, and we're in the book of 1 Samuel right now, um, and this is the, the message that we're going to uh, dwell on today, but if you'll look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, we'll start reading that, and uh, we have it on the screen for you. It says, uh, the boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here, I'm, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I didn't call my son, he replied. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the th third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do something in Israel that would cause everyone who hears about it to sh uh, shudder. On that day, I will carry out against Eli everything I said about his family from beginning to end. I told him that I am going to judge his family forever because of the iniquity he knows about. His sons are cursing God and he has not stopped them. Therefore, I have sworn to Eli's family the iniquity of Eli's family will never be wiped out by either sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Here I am, answered Samuel. What was the message he gave you? Eli asked, don't hide it from me. May God punish you and do so severely if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and did not hide anything from Eli. Eli responded, he is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Samuel grew. The Lord was with him and he fulfilled everything Samuel prophesied. All Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a confirmed prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear in Shiloh because there he revealed himself to Samuel by his word. And we're going to be talking about 
God said it, ring, ring, ring. That's Bobby's title. Uh, but our, the point of this message is to look at the call, the call. How many believe God still calls us? Sure he does. Uh, but let's pray first. Father, we thank you for this story that you've given to us to speak to us, Lord. Because you've called everyone in this room, Lord. You, you've spoken, Lord, to us. And God, uh, I just pray that um, everyone here, Lord, as we hear this word, we'll just learn, Lord, how to hear your call, how to respond to it and how to obey it. Holy Spirit, just lead us, guide us, guide me, Lord, as I speak your word and just share the things that you've put on my heart concerning this story about little Samuel, Lord. And uh, I just pray, God, it gives us guidance, it gives us hope. Uh, Lord, uh, it just uh, reveals to us your will. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. So the uh, three aspects of the call that we're going to look at today is hearing the call, responding to the call, and obeying the call. And I just, just want to bring emphasis to the fact that how many know God is a talker? Did you know God speaks? God is a communicator. Um, I mean, he likes to talk to people, especially people that he knows, his family. He calls people he wants to meet too. So look out, you might get a phone call from God. But anyway, he calls people he wants to meet and get to know. God calls his people because he loves spending time with us. He's our heavenly father and he's an intimate God. He loves to get close to all of us. And so he loves to talk to us. God calls people because he wants to tell them something he's about to do. God calls his people to comfort them, to guide, to advise, and to tell them what they need to do. So God is a communicator. How about in uh, Genesis 3, where we see uh, God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam, he hears God and he hid from God. And what did God do? He said, Adam, he calls to Adam, Adam, where are you? And this is kind of where our story begins with the call of God, because just like Adam had sinned against the Lord and he was afraid of the voice of the Lord. So he hid because he was naked. And, and God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I forbid you to eat of? And of course he had. And um, it's our sin that separates us from our God. But Jesus, amen, who comes to seek and save the lost. And that's why Jesus came. He calls out to us in our hiding places and he calls us to follow him. So God wants to talk to you today. Everyone in this room, God wants, he's got a word for you because he loves you and he wants to see you prosper in his will. 
Um, well, we are some talking folks too, aren't we? Everybody in this room, when your cell phone breaks, it becomes top priority, right? Because you, you, you need to communicate because we are talkers. But God's people, he calls on us, we call on him too. I just looked through the scriptures and, um, you know, after that fall, when Adam fell, he had, he had Cain and Abel. And remember that Cain was jealous of his brother and he killed him. But then it says that God gave Adam and Eve another son. And, and it said at that time, men began again to call upon the name of the Lord. Because God has a people, there's a godly line in this earth of people, God, God communicates with them, right? And God, we can talk to God. We can call on the name of the Lord. Are you a person that calls on the name of the Lord? When you look at um, Abram, when God called Abram, what did Abram do? He built an altar and he called on the name of the Lord. Isaac did the same thing, built an altar, called on the name of the Lord. Then the Lord met with them. The Lord spoke with them. Jacob, the same way. Um, I'm thinking of Elijah, the prophet, when he took on the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, and he called on the name of the Lord who answers by fire. He said the God who answers by fire is the true Lord, right? To the prophet's bell. When he called on the name of the Lord, the Lord answered by fire and consumed the sacrifice. But he called on the name of the Lord. Uh, Psalm 116, verse 17, it says, To you, David says, I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Joel says, Joel 2.32, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be delivered, will be saved. I'm just going through a lot of scripture here. Hold on, but Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9. For then I will give to the, to the peoples purified lips that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord. Paul addresses the church in Corinthian, uh, Corinth. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, those opening uh, verses, chapter uh, 2, verse 2 through 3, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Did you know you're called to be saints? Uh, it's not just a Catholic thing. But saint means holy one, or you're a holy one. If you're in Jesus, you're holy. You're set apart. God has called you. So to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. My family, I mean, I had my grandparents, as far back as I can remember, 
we were a household. We called on the Lord. And mom and dad taught me how to call on the name of the Lord. And so that's what God's people do. He calls us, we call him, right? Anyway, there's a song I thought of in this, and it's called Jesus on the Main Line. You ever heard that song? I didn't realize that Roy Cooter had written this song. Um, but anyway, I'm going to just read some of this. I'll sing some of it to you. Um, Jesus on the Main Line. <clears throat> Tell them what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell them what you want. Jesus on that main line, tell them what you want. Must have been the hand of the Lord, something like that. But he says, call them up and tell them what you want. And it says, the, the line is never busy. Tell them what you want. The line ain't never busy. Tell them what you want. The line ain't never busy. Tell them what you want. Keep on calling them up and telling them what you want. Jesus on the main line now. And he goes on with all these different verses. But we have, you have a main line to heaven. And it's through Jesus Christ. And you can call on the name of the Lord because of Jesus. And God will hear your prayer. Um, I want to just talk about hearing the call of God. And uh, look at that opening verse in 1 Samuel. Chapter 3, it says, The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no open vision. So the communication line from God to Israel was broken down. Um, there needed to be a, um, they needed to get their, they needed to get a new phone, right? They needed someone who could communicate with God. Um, Eli, he was old. Eli had lost his sight or was losing his sight. And he didn't have control of his sons like we read in chapter 3. So he honored his sons above God. And you know what? It broke the line of communication between God and Eli. And Eli stood in the place of God before Israel. And he was the one who was to speak to Israel on behalf of God. He was a priest. He was a high priest. And he, why it was such a big deal for God to deal with Eli is because it went all the way back to Moses and Aaron. He was a descendant of Aaron. And for God to change that uh, was really, you know, it was a big, it was a, a big deal. But Eli's sons who were priests were very corrupt. They didn't even know the Lord. It says, in, if you read in the earlier chapter, they didn't even know the Lord. And they treated the offering of God with contempt. God wasn't talking to them and they weren't talking to God. So the, the line was broken. Um, but there was a young man in the house of the Lord named Samuel. And he was ministering before the Lord under Eli. And it says the lamp of God had not yet gone out. The seven-branch candle, a golden lampstand that was in the holy place, that was the only source of light in the holy place that helped the ministers to see how to minister before the Lord. And um, 
And so they were... Uh, <clears throat> That light, it says the lamp was still burning. The lamp was still burning. So, in other words, there was still hope for Israel. There was still hope for Israel. And God called Samuel three times. And I just want us to look at Samuel, uh, this story here. I think it gives us insight in how to position ourselves and our children to hear God when he calls. And the first thing is, if you look at the very beginning of Samuel, his mother Hannah dedicates him to the Lord. And uh, I know my parents dedicated me to the Lord. I know when we had children, I dedicated our children to the Lord. And uh, the Lord gave us these children as gifts. I wanted to give our children back to the Lord. That They're yours, Lord. Help me as a parent to teach them to hear your voice. And that's what we want to teach our kids how to do, to hear the voice of the Lord, because he will speak to our children. He will speak to our children, just as he will speak to us. And so that was the first thing his mother dedicated him to the Lord. Hannah gave her son to the Lord. She left him right there in the temple. She, she nursed him and then weaned him. And then they went every year. They went three times a year to worship the Lord. So the next time they went there to worship the Lord, she takes him and leaves him with Eli. So he can grow up in the temple. And every year they would go back, she would make him a new robe, right? But this was her, this was her deal with God. She said, if you give me a son, because she was barren, I'll give him back to you and he will serve you. And that's exactly what she did. And so here's Samuel in the house of the Lord. So not only do we need to dedicate our children to the Lord, but we need to have them in the house of the Lord. And what is the house of the Lord? Well, it's not necessarily this building that we're meeting in, but it's when the saints gather and we come together and, and our children are around the people of God. And our children are learning the things of God. How? In our Sunday school. And they learn it at home too by what you teach them. But Samuel, when he was in the temple, he was learning. I mean, he just didn't sit there. He learned about the things of God. I'm sure he learned about how, what God had done for Israel. He learned the law. And um, he learned how to minister before the Lord. And that's, that's what he was doing. We need, we, our kids need that too. Another thing was Samuel slept in the temple where the ark of God was. I thought it was pretty cool. that The ark of God always symbolized the presence of God. Remember the ark, how they carried it? Well, first of all, it was in the Holy of Holies. Nobody could go in there. There was a veil that separated man, the priest. Uh, and they could only go in once a year, and they had to go with the blood of the lamb from the altar, and they would sprinkle the ark, and it would, it would cover the sins of Israel so God could deal, could dwell with the Israelites. Well, that, was, uh, that ark symbolized the presence of God. And here's Samuel before that ark in, in the temple, and he's uh, sleeping before the ark. But our children need to know the presence of God. 
They need to be around the presence of God. And um, Samuel, when God spoke to him, he didn't recognize it as the voice of the Lord. He just thought it was Eli. And he ran, you know, you saw, heard the story, he ran to Eli. And he said, yes, Eli, speak from here. And he said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And this happened three times. But um, Eli had to instruct him on how to respond to God's call. And I'll talk about this in just a minute. I think it's our job as parents, teach your children how to hear the voice of the Lord. Um, there are two kinds of, uh, in, the, in the Bible, there's the, the written word and there's the, the, the word that is spoken. And there's, in the Greek it's called logos, that's the written word. And then there's the rhema word, that's when God speaks the written word to your heart. How many, everybody in here, I'm sure you've received a rhema word from God. It's called, you get a revelation of the revelation. You ever gotten a revelation where God just lifts the scripture up to you and speaks it to your heart, right? He wasn't revealing to you anything new, but he was revealing it to you, right? I mean, God's always going to speak to you through his written word what's been given to us, he won't speak outside of that, but he will speak through that word. And uh, so there's, the, there's that Logos word and there's the written word. I'll give you some examples of this. Um, in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, it says, the word, the Logos of God is living and active. It's effective, it's efficient. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it goes on to talk about what the, the living word can do. But in 1 Peter 1, 23, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, the Logos. How many here have been born again? Born of the Spirit. But you were born is through the seed of God's word. And I think it's, you know, the word is powerful. It's like seed. It's alive. God's word is alive. It's going to make something happen. It's not going to return to God void. It's going to bear fruit. It's going to accomplish the thing that God sends it to do. Amen. And so um, I was just uh, thinking of Romans 10, 17. He says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the rhema word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing that spoken word, the living word, the word that God makes real to our heart. And, um, but also uh, John the Baptist. The Bible says the word, the rhema word, came to John. And what did he do? He began to preach in the wilderness the baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. So when the word came, it energized John it motivated John it moved John and he started to preach uh, and enter into his the ministry that God had for him um, so <clears throat> I think there are three basic calls y'all doing all right <laughs> ask me am I doing all right <laughs> uh, I know I'm covering a lot here but um all right, and we're already out of time. So, 
I think there's a call to salvation. I think there's a call to sanctification. And I think there's a call to service. I think those are the, if we could break down the call of God, I would say there's a call to salvation. Then there's a call to sanctification. God wants you to grow, to grow up in your sanctification. And, and God will speak to you to do that. And then there's the call to service. God has something for you and me to do. It's not up just to the pastor or to the leaders or to certain people. Everybody that is called of God into salvation, has there's a service that God calls you to. Because he wants you to, to bear fruit for his kingdom. All right? But I want to say this in responding to the call. When Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord, Eli had to instruct him. And he just said, speak for your servant hears. Well, this, is, uh, this reminds me of my call to salvation. I was, uh, my parents, well, they had me in church. They drug me to church. I was that kind of kid, you know. I, mean, I was like those two boys right there drawing in the seat. Uh, they're just <laughs> oblivious to what's going on up here. But they're here. Praise God, right? And, uh, and so that's the way it was with me. I mean, my parents were at choir. I'm running around the church. But um, it was my second home, revival. Get your homework done. We got to go to revival this whole week. So you get it done, you run to church. And I remember when I was about 10 years old, and I've been to Sunday school, I remember all the, I can still see the, the pictures of the woman at the well and Jesus speaking to her, you know, all those. And I remember my mother, uh, we'd have lunch after church, and I'm sitting there at the table while she's washing the dishes. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm starting to ask questions about God. And Mama discerned, just like Eli, God is speaking to my son. God is trying to speak to him, and I need to help him. The only thing I know to do is take him to the pastor. So she took me to pastor. His name was Freshour. I like that name. Pastor Freshour. And, um, and I can still remember him sitting down with me in his office. And he explained to me the gospel of Jesus. And he gave me a little book of John. And he prayed with me to receive Jesus. And then about two weeks later, I went down to the altar and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I was baptized. But... <clears throat> God was speaking to me, and I just needed to know what to do. How do I know this God? Because I was asking about all about God and who He is, and you know. And Jesus is the one. He is, you know, He is the the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through Jesus. And so I I came to know my Father in heaven through Jesus. And um, so my mother discerned that God was calling me. And I hope that we will be discerning of others around us because God is calling people. And there are people out there that are ripe for the picking, right? Somebody just needs to tell them how to, well, you know, this is what's going on in your life. God's talking to you. And he wants you to come to him through Jesus. And you'll be the one who leads them to Christ. 
And of course, there's, um, I love the, the call to salvation. I'll, I'll close with this. Romans 10, um, Paul's talking to us about calling on the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord. So this is somebody, God's calling us. He wants us to, to answer him back. Paul says, the, the rhema word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word, the rhema, word of faith that we proclaim. Now, rhema is not in the, that word is, trans, rhema in Greek is translated word. Okay, so this is that living spoken word to us, is spoken to us. So there's a, when God's talking to you, he puts a word in you. It's the gospel, right? The good news of Jesus Christ. He says, a rhema of faith that we proclaim, um, that word, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word is right there in your heart. You don't have to do anything to go get it. <laughs> God has put it in you, and all you have to do is agree with it. That word confession means just agree with. You agree that Jesus Christ is Lord. You agree that God raised him from the dead, and he's at the right hand of God. Paul said, if you believe that, then you are saved. You're justified in your heart, and you're, and you're saved by confessing it with your mouth. All right. <clears throat> and there's finally obeying the call. And um, we've been studying um, in our men's Bible study, the, the seven churches, God speaking to the seven churches. And, um, and it, he speaks to one church, he says, in Romans, I mean, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens up his heart, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. We'll, we'll have intimate fellowship. We'll dine together. All right, and so <clears throat> I believe that God is always speaking to us and he's going to call you to salvation. He's going to call you um, to, to sanctification. He wants you to grow up in God. He wants you to become like him. That's our, our whole mission is to be like Jesus. And then he wants us, he's got something for you to do. And if we will just, he's knocking on the door of our heart. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to talk with us. And if you feel like, you know, you're beyond the point, you know, that God can't speak to you, you've messed it up. Well, you need to know his mercy and his love because there's nothing that can keep you from God's love in Jesus. And if you just, whatever, if you sin, there's confession. There's repentance. And God will cover you. God will wash your sins away. And God will give you a new beginning in Jesus. But um, there's, some, there's nothing there. You're not too far gone. Nobody is. God will always give you a new day, a new beginning in him. And you can have a new start in Jesus. But um, let's pray.
Father, we just thank you that uh, you call us. That, Lord, you want to communicate with us. And, Lord, you want, Lord, to, to know us. And, Lord, you want us to know you. Lord, we thank you that you uh, have called us not only to salvation, but, God, you want us to grow in you. And, Lord, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy for the things of this world to get our attention. And we don't hear your voice anymore. We just hear the, the voices around us, the things of this world, and they pull us down. They pull us away from what you have for us to do. God, we just thank you that you call us into your service, that you have given each one of us a gift, and you want us to use that gift, Lord, for the service in the body of Christ. But you want us to use our gift to glorify you and to lift up your name. And I just pray, God, that you will make that clear to everybody, that we'll begin to seek your face, say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? And God, you'll speak to us and you'll show us, Lord, what you have gifted us with that we can serve in the body of Christ. Lord, it's, you don't want us to just be all about ourselves, ourselves, Lord, where we're always receiving but never giving. God, you want us not to just be receivers, but God, you've gifted us to give, to pour out into other people's lives. And so I just pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that, Lord, our hearts will just open up and we'll begin to seek your face. Lord, speak to me. What is it that you want me to do? And there's that obedience. Paul was able to say, Lord, he said to King Agrippa, he said, I have been obedient to the heavenly vision, to the call of my life. I've been obedient to that call. And God has used me far and wide. And God wants us to be obedient, to abide in that call on our lives. Not look to the left or right, don't look back, but looking unto Jesus. He wants us to finish this race and he wants us to finish what he's called us here to do. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.